Hello, Conspirituality Podcast listeners. Welcome to a sample of a Patreon bonus episode. We release these every week for our subscribers. They're usually solo essays from our team. It costs $5 a month for access, and the support helps to keep us ad-free and editorially independent. You can sign up at patreon.com backslash conspirituality. Thank you. So I think that when I walked into Luciano's class, he saw a boy having his mind blown by this whole vibe, and he recognized it. He also had grown up in a Catholic milieu, rich with prohibitions and shames. He had grown up in the extremely straight-edge, patriarchal community of first-generation Italian working-class immigrants who would never have expected him to wear Travolta flared trousers as a teen or to wear makeup like David Bowie and then to plunge himself into a 1980s version of bohemian artful recklessness. I think he saw me standing at a familiar edge. He too had moved from extreme to extreme in his life and he knew all about leaping. Now, what did I see? Well, Luciano was 34 years old, and I've searched for the appropriate noun here, but I haven't had much luck. I mean, mensch is good, although it implies nobleness, which I think is a little pious. He was relaxed, welcoming, gregarious, charismatic, but I'm going to let him answer the question, not as a 34-year-old but close to the end of his life. I'm a poet, a bit of a visual artist, educator, publisher, gambler, uh, lover, and a sinner. That's the opening of an interview film put together in May of this year by his friend, the writer and publisher Antonio D'Alfonso. That's the same month that he let me know he was really dying after years of cancer. You might be able to hear that he's a little bit awkward with the question. Like any artist who is suddenly asked to summarize what they're about and what they're trying to do. When I walked into his class at the age of 17, I didn't know about the gambler, the lover, or the sinner parts. But over the years, he never failed in the honesty that I believe forms the real backbone of teaching, that amidst the reading and discussion and context, one can also show that one is struggling to learn, struggling with one's identity, sometimes even struggling to live. So what was it like to be in his class? Well, I must have sat at that long conference table desk in that very messy room a hundred times over several semesters, twice a week, poetry one afternoon, fiction writing on the other. As students, we read to each other, we praised each other, we argued, we got jealous, we asked questions, and Luciano held space for everything. Everything was on that table. There were no taboos nothing we couldn't write about, nothing we weren't allowed to express. But there were boundaries and guardrails in the form of the books on the shelves behind us and in the discipline of showing up, even if it was empty-handed. 
Luciano was extremely well-read and never let us think that we were somehow inventing the wheel. On that note, here I'll put a pin in his most characteristic rhetorical technique. Whatever we brought to him, on paper or verbally, he would consider and listen carefully and say, that is interesting, interesting, that is so interesting, and what it reminds me of is... That was at the core of his pedagogy, to validate, respect, become excited by, and then connect the learning offering back to a network of comparables. It was a pedagogy of yes and, and this is really structurally generative. It is youthful, and it pushes back against death. Death. 